Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. The only problem I'm going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA Draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street. Your favorite scouts. Favorite scouts. It is the fellas. You boys from the NBA Draft Show on the No Ceilings. NBA podcast feed. My name's Corey Tullibut, and I am here as always with my co-host Albert Garbage Time Gim. Albert, what's going on, my man? Oh, it's a, a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. It's a great time. Um, yeah, Corey knows, but I just jumped out of LA traffic, sat down in front of the mic, and am ready to go. But um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited because these are the type of episodes that we always say are a ton of fun and we always end up having fun and it's cool because we get to talk about a bunch of different guys all at the same time do a little temperature check i'm ready to rock is what i'm trying to say i love it i love it man um these are fun episodes and in particular i think this one's gonna be really fun because <laughs> it's it's really gonna give us a lot of opportunity to to break down you know from one to 50 this group of guys um from the NBA draft deck that we came out with today for the initial player offerings, you know, where we take the mainstream big boards and we go through them and uh, we look at what the general consensus, you know, is um, for these players in like big board form. You know, it's hard sometimes from a singular outlet. Um, sure. There's Intel, there's this, there's that, but there's also a lot of personal bias from uh, these lists. And, you know, this exercise that we do here with, you know, the, the draft deck um, helps us kind of put into frame a larger perspective based on all of the boards to hopefully give us, you know, kind of a, a general feeling on who is where regarding their draft stock. Um, so I'm ready to get into it, man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it, Corey. I'm ready to rock. All right. So we have our draft ipos ready to rock you can check that out at no ceilings um let's go in grouping so our our first grouping is from one to five is going to be alex sar was first ron holland was second isaiah collier was third uh modest buzelis was fourth and jacoby walter was fifth so does anything uh, stand out to you regarding that top five? Is it Did it shake out kind of in, in the ways that you thought it would? I I think it broke down like pretty, yeah, this is kind of what I was expecting. But, Corey, I have a question for you. I, let's go. I'm excited for this one, okay? And I want to hear you talk about this. And perfect timing, as someone mentions in the comments, am out on Ron Holland. want to ask you. With the way that the G League Ignite season is going, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's going, it's going, um, uh, which it's direction going, you know? <laughs> uh, but Corey wanted to get your opinion with the way things are going. That you know, that team, the direction that things are going right now. How how far do you honestly feel Ron Holland and Matas Buzelis might end up falling by the time draft day comes? It's a tough question. Mm-hmm. It's a really tough question. Modest is his draft stock has kind of remained steady. 
um, hasn't throughout, been playing, right? you know, because yeah. he hasn't been playing. He hasn't mm-hmm. been going through this tumultuous start to the season that the rest of the Ignite has. Um, you know, regarding Ron, we broke his game down um, in the preseason. And I was a little bit more reserved on my feelings mm-hmm. with Ron. Um, you know, I, we had seen him you know, working out for a week uh, in practices at the Hoop Summit. Then, you know, he went and he played really well uh, in the Hoop Summit game. So, um, and then he he balled out to start the year against the Perth Wildcats where he showed some really interesting wrinkles to his game, right? So uh, I was out on him and then I was in on him. And now I've kind of come around to be like, you know what? I think that my initial gut feeling with him might have been closer to the truth than me kind of overreacting to the two games against Perth. Mm. Um, because I just, I have not really liked what I've seen. And I'm working on a uh, a film sesh for the No Ceilings YouTube channel on Holland that that should be out, you know, in a week or two and like he certainly has some interesting tools yeah and he's so young and and i think he has that going in his favor which is why i'm not ready to like definitively say i'm out on him but it's also like he's not really playing in much structure and it's like he's doing certain things where we're like we know he's good at you know going out and getting out in transition like we saw there but he's taking a lot of bad shots. The shots Mm -hmm. don't look good. A lot of it looks lazy. Like it's not like, all right, so this is supposed to be a developmental team, a developmental system. Right. And so wins and losses aren't necessarily the most important thing, but it's like, I'm not really seeing his footwork and shot prep improve throughout these early games. Right. Like you're just seeing flashes of like him doing like athletic stuff and playing off instinct. And, I really want to see him improve on the nuance. And and so far, I just don't really know if that nuance has been there. Um, you know, they're giving him opportunities. Obviously, you know, he, he uh, had, you know, a rough game against the Utah Salt Lake city team. Yeah. He had like 11 turnovers. Right. I don't know. It's been, it's been confusing, but I, I, I lean on, I'm, I'm pretty worried about it because he's probably not six, eight. Um, and I, I, while he does have a you know some pretty interesting skills, I I just don't know if he's going to be put in the type of situation where it's necessarily going to pan out. Like I I watch his G League Ignite film and I see a lot of Cal Jalen Brown, oh. and I don't mean that as a good thing. I know, <laughs> you know, like that tape is rough, and I don't know if Jalen turns into the same player if he doesn't develop under the Celtics system. You know, mm. like. I don't know, like, let, what happens if Detroit drafts Ron? You know, and now he's, like, competing for minutes and playing a position, competing with Asar and Cade and Jaden Ivey, and there's, like, I don't, like, it's a realistic outcome. You know, he's still, right, currently, you know, ranked one or two. Yeah. Um, On a lot of boards, and general consensus has had him at two right now. So, I ultimately, I, I do think he is going to fall a little bit. Um, but you know, it's, it's just, it's one of these things where I want to see it play out. I don't want to give up because he's so young, right? There are examples of it working with a prospect this raw, but it's also like, you know, I don't know, maybe he goes the Andrew Wiggins route and it's like kind of underwhelms. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. He's where are you at with him? Mm. I think the reason why I asked the question is seeing him at two, um, on this you know version of you know this exercise it might be the last time we see him this high mm. is what i wanted to say um and i that's kind of me prefacing like I, I really agree with everything that you said Corey. um holland was a guy that really impressed me at the hoop summit once again just and, and it wasn't like it was very much an emotional thing where i watched him practice a couple times i watched him play and i was like oh this guy plays hard and i like guys that play hard um the tools that for sure were there, but you know, skill wise, he had a long way to go. And um, I think that as you mentioned, Corey, that's what we're seeing a lot of right now. And I think it's really important for us to kind of 
timestamp where we're at right now, where Ron Holland is at number two. And I think there's a very real possibility by the time that, you know, the draft comes around that he might have a Jaden Hardy type of fall, mm-hmm. um, you know, and not, not necessarily in terms of where he gets drafted, but maybe the way that he's perceived. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, because Hardy coming into his draft class that year, um, he was like one, two right there. Yeah. And then, you know, he really fell off. And I think Holland could be a similar type of thing. And another thing that I wanted to mention, Corey, the way that he's been playing in the G League Ignite, you mentioned like a Cal, Jalen Brown, also, you know, different types of players, but it reminded me a little bit of like, the concerns you and I had while we were watching LaMelo play in the NBL, um, watching LaMelo do a lot of head scratching things and maybe not playing the hardest all the time. And like we mentioned, right, it felt like he was just allowing a lot of his worst impulses kind of come true. And he was kind of tapping into a lot of the bad. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that right now with Ron Holland and it doesn't help with the fact that, you know, that team isn't very good. And, you know, also, conversely, Corey, I do wonder. We've mentioned how Matas hasn't been playing. I wonder if that almost helps his stock. Um, we'll see, right, once he gets back and once he starts playing. And, and if the team starts playing better with his presence, you might be like, oh, okay, Matas, <laughs> it's, it's good to have you back, buddy. Um, but I, I think the reason why I wanted to throw this question at you, Corey, is because it's going to be really interesting to see this story develop over the course of the next couple of months if it continues to go in this direction people are going to start having some real question marks not just about them but maybe even about the g league ignite and i Mm -hmm. i I don't want to go there and i'm not saying that that's there's any you know credence to that but i'm saying like if this continues there might be some question marks is what i want to say and um you know kind of on the opposite end of the coin though like a guy like tyler smith has been playing well so yeah. you know i don't want to throw the g league ignite under the bus to say like oh it's a nightmare but it's going to be something to monitor and i think it's something that we'll be talking about a bunch in the months to come i i think guzelis has a chance to actually climb due to the situation yeah. because i think right. that he plays a very safe game like he's not really going to break out of you know, uh, his strengths too much. He's not going to stray from the path all that, that much. And any experimentation he does, I think people may perceive in a more positive way because at the end of the day, he's a six foot 10 shooter. Right. Um, and you could chalk it up to, Oh, maybe he's a poor decision maker, but he's playing in pro league and blah, blah, blah. He, he missed a bunch of time. He's coming. I think he's going to have a very different, um, draft stock situation just because there's a little bit more of a safety net due to his size and um steady shooting but yeah the the G League Ignite it it's going to be interesting you know they um you know Jeremy Pargo might win the Ashton Higgins award this year you know he's he's certainly in the running you know they they don't have that point guard play that steady presence right like Pujetter you know is is now with um, the Rip City remix, you know, in, in the front office. And um, yeah, so I, I, they need a steadying presence and it hasn't been uh, Pargo or David Stockton or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really think that they need to invest in, you know, somebody who could set these guys up and calm things down and, and run the show a little bit more effectively. Um, seeing Isaiah Todd back though. <laughs> Interesting. Uh. Interesting. All right. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right. Let's uh let's let's go to um six through ten. We have Stefan Castle, Justin Edwards, Zachary Rochache, Donovan Klingen, and Nikola Topic, uh, who we covered on the show uh two weeks ago before the thanksgiving break so did did anything stand out to you um in that grouping there um i don't think if i don't think anything really stood out to me i mean research share being at eight is a pretty good number that's pretty high um but also there's some real variance right like espn has met three um while the athletic have them at 17 that's a pretty big range there um but Corey. Once again, kind of want to throw it back to you because I'm really excited because, you know, we got some interesting news about uh, Stefan Castle potentially making Mm -hmm. his return very, very soon. And, you know, we've done a pod on him, Corey, but I think in recent weeks, 
um, you've really uh, started to be all in on him. And um, I know you have him really high on your board. So Corey, I, I did actually want to give you the opportunity to kind of get on your soapbox and talk about why you love him so much, because I know I'm pretty sure you're the highest on him than I think everyone at our site. So I thought this would be a fun, uh, this might be <laughs> where we take out the TikTok camera and start recording a little bit here. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think um, Rucker is with me. Like I have Castle at one right now. Um, I just I, I see the frame, right? I see the the six six size. I I see the you know playmaking flashes. I see the downhill scoring ability. I see the strength, and I I look at him and be like, he looks like an NBA player to me. Hmm. You know, he looks like a guy who I know is going to be able to succeed at the next level, and just has the potential, I think, to you know kind of be that lead guard who is running an offense, but also can go get buckets. Is is going to be effective defensively. Um, so I, it, it also has a lot to do with just like, I don't think this class is very good. Like this is not a secret. This is not me breaking news. Like the 2024 NBA draft is not top heavy. And I, I don't know how depth heavy it is either. Like, yeah, I, I like a lot of players um, in the draft. Don't get me wrong. I think there's going to be good NBA players that come out of it, but how many, I, I don't know. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I think he's playing in uh, a winning system. I think UConn's going to have a, a great run. Um, I saw them at Madison Square Garden last week, and that was Sands Castle. I'm, I'm hopefully going to get to see him live against North Carolina. Um, hopefully he returns for that game at the Garden. Um, but, like, it's a roster that's really set up for him to thrive, too. Like, he has a great pick-and-roll partner with Klingon. Uh, he's got shooters in uh, Cam Spencer and Caravan. Like, so he's going to have spacing, uh, you know, like he could share the ball handling duties with Tristan Newton. Like there, there's a lot of, you know, ways in which he can impact this roster. And to me, he's just like, again, there's a safety net with him. And the thing that I like about him is that while there is that safety net where it's like, all right, I know he's going to be a good player. There's also like a lot of potential there. Yeah. You know, and especially if that shot comes along, like if he if he is a guy who one day is punishing unders and hitting dribble pull ups and stuff, right? Like this is a guy who I, I think really, really, really could have a, a major impact for an NBA franchise. And I just don't know how many of those guys <laughs> there are. Um, I, I think Nikola Topic is one of those guys as well. Uh, I, I really do. I love Topic, and you know, you can go and. Uh, you know, listen and and watch our our film breakdown of of him that we did, but I, I think just the skills that he he brings are you know it's big time stuff potentially. So that's why I'm a fan. I'm with you, Corey. I, I think ultimately he'll end up for sure, in my opinion, in the top five conversation. And maybe he has like um maybe he has like a Victor Oladipo type of trajectory mm -hmm. and, and not necessarily in terms of career, obviously, but Oladipo heading into his draft, he was a guy that was like right around that four to seven range and then got taken where he got taken and, you know, had a really strong, well, maybe not a really strong, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Like he had flashes yeah. and he grew into a guy that, you know, became a really good player, but obviously injuries robbed him of, you know, who knows what his career might've looked like. Not to say that I thought he was going to be like hall of fame or anything, but a really strong player, right? Super athlete. Yeah, he had a lot of great out. years in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. years for sure. So I, maybe, you know, that's what happens here with castle where throughout this season, you know, he, he comes back from injury plays. Well, everything that you mentioned and everything that we already talked about on his pod, it's, he's a really, really intriguing player. And as you mentioned, it's not just that he's got this really intriguing skill set and ability, but the situation he's in is almost tailor-made for him to shine uh, and to really uh, show off and, you know, accentuate his, his different abilities. So I'm right there with you, man. I, I think it's going to be a really interesting watch with him the rest of the season and how he meshes with all the guys that they got there and, um, at, you know, one of the guys also in that range, right? Six to 10 that we talked about Donovan Klingon that you got to see up close. Um, I, I think is going to be really interesting to see what happens with um, his stock. But Corey, the one thing I will say, and we're seeing it here in the chat already. I, I do wonder if Topic ends up being a guy that goes even higher than this where right now, I mean, with, what you just mentioned with Castle, right? With this being a weaker class and us being unsure of the star potential or even like really high end potential, 
Topich might be a guy that ends up going top five. And, and, and I don't think that'll be really shocking because of the, the, what we've seen on tape so far. And with everything that we talked about on his film breakdown, he also being a lead guard type might end up kind of, you know, moving his way into that conversation as well. I no, I, I mean, I absolutely agree with you. Um, on that point and you know it's very similar reasons i think in a lot of ways for for castle just as you know these lead creator types uh let's uh go to the chat for you know some comments just bouncing around um money printer never stops says andre stoyakovic what do you think of him as a future prospect i like stoyakovic i actually i think he's shown some flashes um at stanford this year i don't think he's necessarily what he's shown so far leads me to believe he's a one and done um, but he's another guy that we got to watch um, at the Hoop Summit last April for a week. And the kid could really shoot. Um, I think he can create a little bit. Like, I like him. I definitely like him long term. I agree, Corey. I agree. Uh, he needs time. I, I, I have him at 102 yeah. on my board. So he needs time. Yeah, he needs time. But uh, he's, you know, he's definitely a, oh, let's keep. Let's keep tabs on this guy. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Ray says the real question is where is Reed Shepard on this top 50? Yeah. I, Hey, I'm, I am with you. Um, so, you know, the way this thing works is uh, this comes out and it's a current glance of the most recent big boards of you no know, ceilings of ESPN. We had Yahoo tankathon, the athletic, uh, and I think I'm forgetting one, maybe um, bleacher report. Please as well record. so reed shepherd is going to be on a lot of these boards you know going forward he is going to be on the next one you know and for instance like no ceilings had justin edwards at number one at the time of our first big board we haven't released our second big board yet so that ranking gets averaged into his current ranking um you know so reed shepherd wasn't on our first board he wasn't on a lot of the first boards he's on some of the newer boards but he didn't make the cut for the top 50 because he's not on all the boards yet he will be so reed shepherd definitely going to be on the the next uh top 50 or top 60 um because he is a hooper man like our own tyler rucker posed the question like is he the modern day kirk heinrich and i absolutely love that and i am so far in on that Kentucky backcourt of Reed Shepard and Rob yeah. Dillingham, which we'll talk about Dillingham in a little bit. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, Gregory Castillo says, yeah, French Nerland's Noel going one is a tough draft. <laughs> <laughs> I think SAR is better than Nerland's Noel, but sure. It's, sure. it's good. It's good comedy. Yeah. It's, it it's definitely good comedy. comedy. All right. Uh, 11 to 15. We had Tyrese Proctor, uh, Ethan Almanza, Cody Williams, Kyle Filipowski, and a day Mara. When do we start talking about Cody Williams, Corey? I I think soon. What, yeah. Where are you at with Cody Williams? I Look, my, my concerns with him are still there. Sure. However, the way that he's played so far in the season, I'm kind of like, maybe I just let that go. Because I've really liked what I've seen, Corey. Like, I think mm-hmm. so one of the concerns that I had with him was like physicality. But... Already with his Colorado team, there have been a couple of times like him. He's going to the rim and he's just he looks a little different. I don't know what it is. Maybe Does he looks stronger to you. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if he's like big man on campus there in Colorado and he's got like this newfound confidence, maybe more strength. But the way that he's been attacking the rim has looked good. Um, I've really liked the touch as well. Um, the shooting from outside has looked pretty good. I don't know. I I I like him a lot more than I thought I was going to like him considering what we saw at hoop summit where, I mean, I thought he was pretty invisible during practices and then obviously in the game, he like barely played at all. Um, But so far from what I've seen, it's hard to not like what he's been doing out there with the size and the length and, you know, some of the the ability that he has. I was just like, I think we need to start having that conversation is where I'm, I'm I'm completely with you. I have him in my top 10 currently like i mean like you know i haven't fully updated my board but he will be in in my top 10 right he looks huge out on the court uh he looks long and he's a very he's a different player than his brother right like i and i know one of the first things people like to say is like cody williams brother of j uh of j dub right and it's like cody is his own player right and you know i think that kind of gets to uh 
J-Dub a little bit because he wants him to carve his own path because he's good enough, right? But I do think that it is okay to mention him in a sentence with Jalen in regards to like, I think he looks stronger already and you have to like, remember like Jalen was in college for what, three years. He was right. And now he looks insane. Like he has an insane NBA frame. Like he is, he looks like Julius Randall strong, you know, like Mm -hmm. Kawhi strong. Um, And I don't know if Cody, will fill out in exactly the same way because he's a little bit taller, a little bit leaner in that regard. But I do think he's going to put on muscle. And when you picture him, you know, what, four, five years down the line, wherever it would be to catch up to his brother um, in that stage of like their physical development, I I think that's something that you can actually look at and, and be encouraged by. Um, so I, I love how he's gotten downhill. I think yes. the offhand finishing... Mm-hmm. Has been tremendous, big time. Like it's the touch around the hoop's been really good. The outside shot, like I'm in on the trajectory. The yeah, like he's yeah. still shooting it. Like I don't like his base. I like the upper mm-hmm. portion, like the follow through, the touch. But his base sucks still. Yeah. Like you know, like I, it's just it, that definitely needs some work. But he's been a lot of fun. And I, I think the, the defensive tools and I'm in. Yeah. No, Corey, I, I'm right there with you, man. I think some of the playmaking flashes are there as well. I, I, I think the shooting base you mentioned is bad. But, like, you can start to see the pieces. Now, now it's, not, it's not finished yet. Right, but you could start to see some of the pieces coming together, and that's what's exciting. And also, with everything that you mentioned, like even from when we saw him at Hoop Summit till now, he's bulked up. Yeah, like he's he already looks bigger. So yeah. if we're talking about two years from now, three years from now, who knows? Like he obviously, like you said, he's he doesn't look exactly like his brother, but he's gonna put on muscle because he's already shown that he can, and it, it's hard to do that. And I I don't know. I, I'm right there with you. I'm excited. That's why I wanted to ask the question. We'll see. Maybe he is a guy that ends up going top 10 because why not? I know some people had some questions and so did we heading into the season if he really was going to be a one and done guy. But if he keeps playing like this, I think it's it's almost a lock. So that's exciting for me. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. He's been he's been a lot of fun uh, for sure. Like and I, I can't wait to continue to monitor his progress because it's trending up for sure. All right, 16 uh, is Bobby Clintman in the NBL. Then we have DJ Wagner at 17, Trey Alexander at 18, Ryan Dunn at 19, Adembona at 20. <sighs> so, Corey, this is actually a really interesting group, right? With some really it is an names. It is an interesting group. We would be crazy not to talk about Trey Alexander. We'd be crazy not to talk about Ryan Dunn. Um, but the guy I want to start with is DJ Wagner because – Actually, you know what, Corey? Maybe we don't have to start with DJ Wagner because we okay. shared our piece on DJ with DJ Wagner before on different pods, and I, I don't think we're the hottest on him. But Trey Alexander, a really, really good start to the season. Um, I, I, I think, Corey, I know we both had some questions about him last season, right? But uh, he looks stronger to me. He looks yeah. bouncier to me. Um, he, I don't know. He looks a little bit bigger to me too. I don't, I, I don't know exactly how to quantify what about him looks different, but you see some of these flashes and obviously we knew he could score the ball. He could shoot, he could put the ball in the basket, but it, it's looking more confident. It's looking stronger. It's looking bouncier. It's looking more aggressive overall. Um, it's hard to not like the start that he's had to the season. Yeah. Um, he's been really impressive and we were, we were, we were like a little cooler on him for sure. Uh, and like I saw him live last year, um, you know, being a, in the backyard of the big East and it's like, all right, he's got great percentages. I was impressed when I saw him, right. He's super long. What do you measure with like a six, 10 and a half wingspan at the, at the combine. Um, so like he had like all the pieces are there. Right. So it's like, why are you a little cooler? Right? Like that's, and I don't know, there was just something that was always underwhelming about the numbers. Like, it's not like they were empty stats, but it also 
didn't feel like super impactful at the same time. And maybe there were just a lot of malice to feed. So he didn't get to cook like he is now. Um, but he's, he's definitely been somebody that you're like, all right, I have to pay attention. I still don't know if I'm ready to be like, I have to take him in the lottery this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know like a bunch of the guys at no ceilings have been there. Um, you know, I know like, I mean, if you, even if you, you look at his draft stock, um, on these outlets like yahoo has him at 13 the athletic has him at 14 so like he is very much in the mix to be a lottery pick i definitely want to see him the rest of the year um and and see how he looks in conference play because you know he has been a little less solid the last couple of games and Mm -hmm. was when he started out um but it's not like he was just only killing you know the the lower you know, level competition. Um, he, you know, he had a great game here against Iowa. So he's definitely, a. am going to be cautiously optimistic about him. Um, I still just wonder what his ultimate role is in the NBA, because if he is a guy that bounces between one and two is, is he a backup? Is he just like your fifth starter? Um, so I, I still have those questions about him, but he's he's been somebody that you has definitely helped his draft stock. I think the most. Yeah. Yeah, Corey. I think I think the way that this is just my opinion. I, I think the way that NBA front offices will view Trey Alexander would be like an Emmanuel quickly or uh, high end one percent outcome, like a Tyler Hero type. Right. Mm-hmm. Where a little bit undersized, a little bit, you know, in between positions, but can give you a little bit of both. Right. Like the way that the Knicks use quickly. Right. He's essentially a small two on the Knicks. You know, he's mm-hmm. playing. He, he can, you know, he can play a little bit of point. Um, I would never trust, you know, give the keys to quickly full time and be like, hey, run my team. Personally, that's just me. Um, but as a guy, you know, coming off your bench as a six man who can run yeah. the second unit in, in in spurts and also provide outside shooting, can attack the room, whatever. I, I think that's what N- NBA teams will look at when they see Trey Alexander. And I think in this type of draft, anywhere from late lottery to the early teens, I think it's totally uh, early twenties uh, is totally fine for this type of player. And I, I, I don't think it would be crazy for him to go, even if he went like 17th in the draft, I think that's totally fair. And with him being 18th in your IPO here, I think that's a totally fair number. And, but still like, once again, like because of the shooting stuff, because of, you know, he's got a little bit of playmaking to him, in my opinion, um, got some length, whatever, interesting guy an interesting guy to watch and as you mentioned Corey, as uh you know when he's not playing whoever the fuck state um you know and he's playing against different competition that'll be where we we really start to see how much he's grown and how much he's developed so i'm with you man yeah uh later in the chat says i love trey like alexander he's been elite this year um and then gregory castillo in the chat says i can't tell if he is Derek white or a backup like Corey joseph I think that's kind of where I am with him too, because I could see both of those outcomes. But I agree. I think those draft stock that you know, like that range is probably appropriate for um, my feelings there. Should we talk about Ryan Dunn? We should. Okay. We should. We All should. Right. What are you? Where Where are you at with with Ryan Dunn this year? Um, I actually wrote his uh, preseason thing for our for our preseason draft guide and um i was excited i was excited for him um i wanted to see because you you know and where i made the mistake Corey, was i was like super optimistic about his outside shooting where it was a little too much um and i had to kind of recently look myself in the mirror and be like hey relax man like he's not going to be a sniper it's okay um, i kind of like it i think his form is fine though i, it's like, no, no, I, I don't know <laughs> no no i'm with you no but like the thing is like i got caught in like looking at his high school numbers and there was like one or two seasons where he was like 40 percent, and i was like you know like is, yeah. is that in him <laughs> uh but i definitely you know took that way too far but um you know a guy that i, I like um a guy who is gonna be what's the best way to put it a nightmare um, as a defender. And I mean that in the best way, like he's going to be such a fun NBA defender and a guy that I think a lot of NBA teams will look at and be like, Oh, it'll be fun to add this guy to our team. 
even if we don't look at the offensive stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it, what he can do with his stock numbers and his energy and the length and the athleticism and all the stuff that he can just offer with his heart and um, just effort. That stuff is really, really fun. And then on the offensive side of, of the ball, you're hoping for growth. You're hoping for, you know, that that arrow to keep pointing upwards. But the biggest thing for me watching Dunn and what I wrote about with him is just you, you can't help but like the defensive stuff with him. It's kind of intoxicating sometimes. So I, I think those are my initial feelings with Ryan Dunn. Yeah, you know, I, I've been thinking like watching Ryan Dunn, I'm like, is there kind of like a... Uh, Jalen Johnson esque role for him. You know, he's he's somebody who was having a lot of success um, in Atlanta before the injury, and like I don't think they're the completely the same players, right? Like Johnson is a guy who had a lot more like um, on the ball playmaking equity, but like I, I think like that big kind of switchable defensive kind of guy who's strong enough to play kind of whatever position you want and make an impact there. And then like, you know, Johnson was not known for being like a sniper by any means either. Right. And like, um, so I, I think just like as a downhill transition guy, who's going to like, I don't know, I, I maybe a role similar to that in some ways in the league. And I, but he's going to be super impactful because the defense is so solid. Um, I mean, ultimately the shots have to go in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't want to be like, Hey, I really like the form. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, he's got to prove it, but I think there's a base f- for him to work with. And like a, a NBA team with a good developmental system, like should not be scared away because he's not knocking down shots yet. Um, you know, I, I, I like Reese Beekman, but I wouldn't say that he's the kind of elite level creator that, you know, he might get to play with at the next level. So I, I think that might help him get easier looks and more wide open looks. And just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely in, I think, you know, he's a guy that in a class like this can be hard to keep out of the lottery uh, conversation all year. Um, yeah. Cause he is so damn impactful. I don't think these defensive numbers can possibly mm-hmm. stay, you know, where they're at. Um, yeah. But you know, even if they are, you know, they tail off, they're still going to be crazy, I think, by the end of the year. So mm-hmm. he's really interesting. And Virginia guys, like, are good pros. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, you bringing up Jalen Johnson, God, um, a guy that I really struggled with in his class, if you got, if you remember. I remember we, that was the I first do. time we potted with Nate, too. And he was like, you know, asking me why I didn't like him. And I was just like, eh, I just, I don't know if he knows what he's doing on a basketball court. And I didn't like how people were projecting him to be like, I don't know. There were a lot of different things, but I'm, I'm really happy for him. And also, I don't know if I was that wrong because like, I always said, like, I, I didn't really believe in the outside shot. I thought he was a guy that had to fit in and be in a system that really accentuated his strengths. And I think he found that in Atlanta. So I, I, I'm actually happy for him. And I, and I think with Dunn, I think it is a similar thing, Corey, where as you just mentioned at the end, like eventually, like we like how the shot looks for sure, but it's got to go in. And, and that's go in. always the case. Like we can like a guy's form, but if, if the shot doesn't go in, then maybe we should stop liking the damn form, you know? And with Dunn, it's kind of the same thing. But as we both said, the impact is there. And I think he's a guy that is just going to be so much fun to watch. And, you know, maybe Virginia makes a nice run in the tournament and he pops off and does a million different things. And then, you know, it's a different discussion because once again, the type of class that he's in and what this class is and who knows how high a guy like that can go. So, yeah. Yeah. I can, uh, definitely looking forward to see him in ACC play this year. And, um, We'll definitely be checking him out live when he heads to Boston College for sure. All right. 21, we have our guy Kevin McCuller from Kansas. At 22, we have Kalel Ware. Uh, 23, we have Tyler Smith. 24, we have uh, Salone. I can't. Tijani Salone. It's fine. And 25, we have Jared McCain. Pretty good group. Pretty interesting group as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I um to touch on Kalel Ware. Yes. I okay. Yeah. So okay. I I <laughs> I covered I the UConn 
um, game at the garden last week or the week before. I don't remember. Uh, time is a flat circle. And it was part of the empire classic in which Indiana was also a part of. I managed to, so, so right now I'm in season coaching my team. And so we had practice. So I didn't get into the city until basically like five minutes or so left in the Indiana Louisville game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I really want to see Chloe where. And then as soon as I got there, I was like, oh, they're in a two, three zone. Perfect. <laughs> and I learned nothing other than Malik <laughs> Renew went to work and I really like his game and he looked really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I still, now I'm going to have to go to Rutgers and, you know, to get a, uh, and see them in, in big 10 play, but he's been producing this year. Mm-hmm. And if there's consistency, cause that's kind of one of the, was one of the big question marks with him is like, can he consistently put in the effort to make an impact? Yeah. And I think he's done a pretty good job of that so far this year. <sighs> I still have concerns, but Corey, I, I like what you said. Damn. I was so ready to be like, nah, man. Like, but like, okay. You had a good game against Wright state. Um, I don't I still, maybe it's because of last season. Maybe that left like a bad taste in my mouth. Um, but like, I, I'm just so, I have a lot of trepidation. Yeah, because like, like you said, Corey, like, let's, let's see it in Big Ten play. Let's see him do it consistently. He's had a good start to it. You're right, Corey. We do need to give him credit for what he's done. Um, I shouldn't be so hard on, you know, what we saw last year and what it might be from what we've seen so far in this season. If you're a Kalel Ware fan, you should be encouraged, right? It's just for me before I go like, hey, I'm really into this guy. I still want to see more is kind of how I feel right now, but it's hard to also like, not like some of the stuff that he does. Like he goes, he's also like really long and he's a tall guy and the NBA likes tall guys and he's got some athleticism to him and maybe he's going to shoot it a little bit. I I get all that. It's just the biggest thing with him is consistency. We've got to see him do it night in and night out. And I think if he can do that, sure. You can sell me on him, but right now I still have big question marks is how I feel. And I, I think those question marks are completely fair and warranted, and he's going to have to continue to impress and show that consistency. But what I will say is he's getting that opportunity with Mike Woodson, and yeah. he's getting a leash, a leash that he didn't have at Oregon. Um, So... I, I think that's important for a guy like him. Cause I also think that like at this point coming back in year two, it's like, all right, so this is also going to be a confidence thing, right? Like, you know, and, and when that confidence builds, um, I think it's a, an important aspect for a, a young player to, you know, be able to thrive. So I'm, I'm happy to see it. Uh, I do want to talk about Kevin McCuller too, mm. because Kevin's somebody I've gotten to spend time with the past um, two pre-draft processes. I've seen how he works. I've seen who, who he is as a person. Um, he is like the best dude to be around. He is so energetic, so positive, so supportive of the guys that he's working out with. He's supportive of his rebounder. You know, I, I when I covered him the first year, like the his rebounder was this, you know, kid from... Uh, New Jersey and he, the kid couldn't rebound um, the next day because he had an AAU game and Kev's like, Oh, what time? Where's it at? Like, I'm going to pull up, you know, like that's just kind of the person that that's cool. He is, you know what I mean? Um, like he's, this is a dude who like, I just believe in the person. I believe in the player. I believe in the work ethic and he's having a hell of a year, right? He's a little older now. So, you know, that's, I probably going to be held against him in some regard, but like his draft stock is higher than it's ever been. Yeah. And he's a, a, a fifth year college player. Mm-hmm. He's had back to back triple doubles right. this season already. You know, he's not shooting the ball great, you know, and that's not something that uh, he's <laughs> known to do. Um, you know, but being around him, I know that what he's really waiting for 
when it comes to his shot, like he's putting in work with the shot. Don't mm-hmm. get it twisted. But I know that like, he's not like, Hey, I'm going to rework the shot and rebuild it in the off season. So I come back with this new form. He's waiting until like he gets to the league mm. and he gets to it with a team. He doesn't want to have to rebuild his, his form multiple times. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I think that he has good touch. Mm-hmm. And he's such a hard worker that I think ultimately he's going to shoot it adequately enough. And But I know that this is a kid who I just think is going to be on a bunch of winning teams. He's going to be a great presence to be around. Um, he's a winner. I mean, defensive Swiss Army knife, right? Like he's passing the ball like crazy. He rebounds like hell. He moves off the ball. And to see him at, at 21 right now, I think is awesome, right? Like, because, you know, this is a guy that, mostly you would look at and be like, Oh, I think he's probably more of like a second round guy. Cause he's so old, but the fact that he's garnering first round buzz, and I think it's completely warranted. I think it's awesome to see from a guy like him. And I think a lot of the success of a guy like Christian Brown and, um, you know, these older prospects who are, you know, coming in and playing immediate roles, We're seeing Hami Hakez, you know, thriving for the heat this year. And, you know, I think that certainly helps. Corey, I think we see it every single year. Every draft class, we find these guys that uh, know how to play basketball, play at a high level, can do multiple things, but maybe aren't like the strongest shooters. Like we, we get these guys all the time. And a perfect example of a guy who plays for my favorite team, uh, uh, the New York Knicks, a guy like Josh Hart, like guys like Josh Hart stick in the league. Why? Because they're good teammates. They're really smart at basketball players and they make winning plays without being you know, dead eye shooters, but also like, look at Josh Hart. Like he's become uh, like a semi decent, maybe slightly below average three point shooter. But what does he offer? He's one of the best rebounding, if not the best rebounding guard in the league, a guy who can move the ball, a guy who can compete for you defensively is willing to guard the the best wing guard on the other team. Every single night, You, you need these types of guys. And as long as we're not projecting Kevin McCullough as, some sort of, I don't know, offensive hub or whatever. This is the type of guy that finds a role in the league because of yeah. his 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 multifaceted game. And so I'm right there with you, man. He's knocking on the door for a triple-double every single night. And I think he's going to do that throughout the season. He's already had a pretty good start. And, you know, he's got K.J. Adams with him and Hunter Dickinson. And it's going to be really fun to see the type of season he puts together by the end of it all. But... Corey, even like the mention of like Jaime Hawkins and the impact that he's having with the Miami Heat right now, like you can see how a guy like McCuller could come into the league and have an impact. And NBA teams are going to be into that. So I'm right there with you, dude. Yeah, I think he ultimately in the league can find himself in like a Bruce Brown kind of role where he's like doing weird stuff, like set you know setting screens and short rolling, and and I I think he's going to be able to do a lot of stuff like that. So um, super excited for his start to the year in the way that the basketball world has perceived him because he's an impact guy. All right. Uh, 26. We have Trevon Brazil, 27, Riley Kugel, 28, Melvin Ajinka, 29, Rob Dillingham, number 30, Baba Miller, 31, Oso Iguodaro, 32, Tristan De Silva, 33, Aaron Bradshaw, 34, Kylan Boswell, 35, AJ Johnson. I think we have to talk about Rob Dillingham. Boom. Let's do it. I think we have to. Because Rob Dillingham, the guy that I was just, I was just out on him. Same. Like, I didn't like what I saw watching his high school film. Um, I thought that he was a shot chucker who took really bad shots. I didn't like the OTE stuff. I didn't like what I saw when I went to see him in person um, at the Iverson Classic. I thought he was tiny. I thought that he, again, just didn't play a winning brand of basketball. I didn't love what I saw at Global Jam. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. He's been like one of the best guards in college basketball, like except Reed Shepard plays on his team too. Mm -hmm. Um, He has been so much fun. He's playing such a nuanced game. Mm -hmm. He's taking such good care of the ball. He's making plays for his teammates. He's a guy that you can run off screens. He's a guy who can create his own shot. He's finishing well. I, he definitely looks like he put on some weight. He looks longer. He he actually looked bigger than Nigel Pack 
yeah, it, again, in the Miami game, like where I was like, oh, he looks like a little taller than him. And, you know, Nigel Pax listed at six foot. I would doubt that he actually is. Um, he looks like a dude. Corey, they're doing something in Kentucky, man. Yeah. And like, we know this and we know this, but something's happening, man. Like the, what you just said was the biggest thing that stood out to me watching him uh, playing against Miami. I'm like, why is he taller? Like, what the hell happened? Like, and like, also we forget like they're like 18, 19, whatever. But why is he growing taller? It looks strange. Like he genuinely looks bigger. Corey, I think on my first board, I had him at like in my 50s or 60s, maybe even higher. And I'm just like, dude, this guy looks like a different player. Watching him in the OTE stuff, sometimes some of it reminded me of like Julian Newman, GOIs type of stuff. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't. Show me any of this guy. I don't want to watch him play basketball was kind of how I felt uh, with some of his high school stuff. And, dude, he's been really damn good, Corey. Like, I, I love everything that you said. And, like, even the way that he's attacking the rim. There was, like, one last night where he's at the wing and he just walked to the rim. Like, no one could stay in front of him. It's I think, quiet, man. Yeah, dude. It, it it's, glides. It's, he's smooth. It, it was weird. It's so weird. And he's also athletic. And yeah. if he's just going to be a taller guy suddenly and he can and he's playing a smarter, more nuanced game, I'm like, bro, I'm all the way in. I, I've loved yeah, and it. And he was defending. Yeah. Like he's like really putting effort on the defensive end in like a real way where I was like, yo, he's like in homie shirt, hmm. you know, like he's really making it hard at the point of attack. Now, look, to put things into a little bit of perspective. I still think teams are going to pick on him. I think he's going to struggle on that end, like a hundred percent. But like, if the effort's there, then like, all right, like it, his offensive impact might be enough. Like when we did the no ceilings, um, like conference previews, and it was like, who do you think might not live up to expectations? I was like, I just don't, unless Dillingham proves to be like an offense in and of himself like Trey Young, hmm. then I don't think that he's going to be that guy that like he might be being billed as because he he did have the um like social media like online hype behind him and like a lot of times those guys don't really make it right but he has been like ridiculously fun he's super shifty with the ball um yeah I've just absolutely had so much fun watching this Kentucky team. Um, and I'm not like panicking about Justin Edwards either, by the way, like he might not be the number one guy or even a top five guy, but like, I still, I think he's going to be fine. Um, but Dillingham has been awesome. Like later from the chat says, seems like Rob just needed proper coaching and he got that at Kentucky. Yeah. And I, I bet there was like a conversation with him after global jam too. That was like, Hey, like chill, you got to play a team game, you know, like, <laughs> You know, we play, we, we're trying to win a national championship here. Um, we think you could help us do that. But I, I'm i telling you, after Global Jam, I was like, yo, I wonder what team, like, is going to sign him from the transfer portal. Mm. Like, that's where my mind was at with Dillingham. Like, what team is he going to go to is just going to let him do his thing. But he has bought in completely, and I've bought in completely. And, like, I'm probably going to have him in my lottery on our next board update, like to be completely honest. Yeah. I think Corey, both of us convincingly like him a lot better than DJ Wagner. Oh um, yeah. Which, it's not close. Exactly. And I think for some people, Oh, oh no, I, I, I actually don't think it's close anymore. And I feel the same about Reed Shepard. And I love when Dillingham and Shepard play together. It's that, so much fun. That combo is sick and not to get, I don't want to take any credit away from Dillingham, but I almost wonder if Reed's also had an effect on him with like, you know, his composed selfless type brand of basketball. Like when they're together, that shit rocks. They have so much chemistry. So good. So damn good. Reed is amazing. Like Reed's awesome too. <laughs> I love Reed. I, I've moved. The Kentucky Reed. team's fun, man. A dude, the arrow, God. like the, like it's just a team full of like energy guys. It's going to be really interesting. And I, I, I was texting with J Kyle man about it. Like, because you know he's a big Kentucky fan or whatever, and you know he he used the word adaptability to you know for for Rob mm. as a guy who like we didn't know he had it and he has it right. I want to see how this team adapts when the bigs 
come in, you know, when Bradshaw and a visage, yeah. um, enter the fray. He's been so damn fun. Like yeah. Corey, it's, I actually think it's crazy that you and I are talking about him like this right now. Like yeah, this, early, I didn't see it coming. Uh, <laughs> this is insane. This is insane. Oh, but I'm happy. Okay. I'm happy because this class needed more fun prospects yeah. and, that's what he's done. And, you know, look, I, in a normal draft, would I maybe be talking about him as like a, a lottery guy? I don't know. He certainly played like it so far as far as like his impact. Um, but at the same time, I I don't know. But we're talking about it, and he has. So um, I every time Kentucky's on, I'm like, I will I'm watch in. this. Yeah. yeah, I'm in. All right, 36, Kobe Johnson, uh, 37. Oh, I just, nope. Berkey. Mm, no, man. no. I just, we boy, boy and sell. Eh. Uh, I'll get it by June. Uh, Thirty-eight. We have Dylan Jones. Thirty-nine. Reese Beekman. Forty. Judah Mintz. I'm sorry, Corey. After you tried the D- Berkey one and you read Dylan Jones, I was about to be like, "Good job with the Dylan Jones." But um, yeah, you know, <laughs> Judah Mintz. You know, he's doing stuff. Um, All right. We I'm could still, talk. We could talk some Judah Mints. No, I don't. I, I, uh, I think we're okay. I, yeah, yeah. I look. I. Mm. He's not for me. Nope. Me too. I will be. I'm willing to be wrong about Judah Mints. I don't think we're going to be wrong, Corey. And I and I don't mean to like trash on the kid. It's just we've seen that archetype, and um, I think I'm okay. Like if I was yeah. an NBA front office guy, I'm not looking to draft him, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I, I I wouldn't either. Um, again, I just don't know what his role is. Like, I, I I don't think he has enough juice to be an on the ball primary guy in the NBA, and I just don't know what he's going to look like as like an off the ball guy. So, Corey, I have a name for you. Okay, Alonzo, Alonzo Trier. Mm. I so so. Yeah. <laughs> similar you know what i'm saying so uh. at 41 we have caleb foster at two we have eves missy 43 we have zach Eady. 44 garway dwall 45 dylan mitchell 46 dalton connect 47 carlton carrington bub carrington aka uh 48 trenton flowers 49 duran holmes and 50 savannah avisich um, I was talking with, uh, somebody don't want to name him just because, um, yeah, they don't want to anyway, talking about Dalton connect and, mm-hmm. um, I like him, dude. I like him. Um, uh, but he said something interesting. He was like, he asked me like, how do you feel about caravan as a defender? Mm. I was like, uh, you know, I think, I think he's kind of slow. Um, and you know, but I, I think he's smart. Um, and he was kind of like, well, um, I think connect is worse than him. Now it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, sure. I can see that. And, and I can understand with connect, you know, like I, I think his age is a non-factor totally mm-hmm. fine with his age, but I've liked so far the athleticism, right. With him getting downhill, sure. I like the shooting and stuff like that. But, um, I can also see why he's kind of in this range right now. And, uh, but at the same time, like, you know, I, I think he's going to move upwards because we currently, ha- I think overall as a as a team, we're going to have him higher than the forty eight that he was at last time. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. I I think he's a first round pick in this draft because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I think his his offense is just going to be that solid. Agree. Uh, I think he's got the size and the frame to defend, uh, and I think at the NBA level where he is not carrying nearly as much of a load. He'll be able to focus a little bit more uh, energy and effort on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say, you know, you mentioned Alex Caravan. He was somebody I was like teetering on. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like, all right, the numbers are the numbers. Like they're really good. Right. And he's got really good size. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw him again. Like I went to UConn last week and I was like really impressed by mm-hmm. Caravan. He's another guy that I think is like going to be in that same conversation with Connect. So I think putting those two together is um is smart 
but connect is just i don't there's there's a fluidity with connect that like caravan doesn't have like caravan is very mechanical very stiff um very there's stiff. not a lot of there's not a lot of creativity to what he could do and i think with dalton there is i know i'm pretty sure he had like another huge night tonight against north carolina um where according to our group chat um rucker said he had 31 with 10 minutes left um, oh. so like he is just you know like this dude is a bucket mm-hmm. he's a bucket he could shoot he's athletic he'll get to the rim we're about to watch him posterize oh, God. um yeah like he's i think he's really good yeah and i think he's a guy that nba teams are gonna be like we can work with a player like this and again like you know i, I don't think he's gonna be a lottery pick because of his age but i don't think teams are gonna be afraid to draft him um the way he's been absolutely balling out hooping and you know with his athletic profile like i i definitely think he's a dude like he's he's a first rounder pretty pretty easily for me and like i think he could even sneak his way into like the late teens yeah yeah no i agree Corey. i, I think once again like the athleticism with him the frame on him is fantastic um there's an aggression there's an anger that he plays with that's fun to watch and the sh- outside shooting is going to be good so I- i'm with you man i, I think he's going to be much higher on the next version of this um as well uh i yeah i think a couple of guys in this range honestly um dual a guy might, might move up to Carrington. he definitely potential to carrington's a hot name Mm-hmm. is a hot name I, i've never heard your opinion on him yeah so i was i was um i was watching him today uh just catching up on mm-hmm. on some some bub carrington and um I, i'm still in waiting uh-huh. see mode with him like ultimately like we know he came out the gate had a triple double like um and i love some of like the pull up shooting that he's displayed like i i really like a lot about his game but at the same time i think he has seven shots at the rim this year mm-hmm. like he puts zero pressure on the rim and like with his size and like the way that he is like crafty and wiggly like he should be getting into the paint especially like you know it's not like they're in their conference schedule playing in you know, the ACC teams fully this year, like he should be getting in the paint more and he settles for a lot of the mid range shots. And he's, that's a shot he's comfortable with. It's a shot that I'm comfortable with him taking. It's a shot that he's really good at. Um, but that's a shot that teams are going to want to live with. Uh, it's a shot that he's going to have to hit at a really high clip to make it worthwhile. Um, and it's a team it's, it's a shot that also I think teams are going to be able to, like contest because they know he's going to pull up. So he's going to take a lot of tough ones. You know, he, I don't think he's attempted a runner according to synergy Mm. this year. Like, so his float game, he hasn't, he doesn't have that. Like, um, so like, I definitely have some reservations about him, but that said, I think he's really good passer. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's like an elite passer, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, but he's, he's a, he's got good vision. Uh, but he's also a guy, you know, and, you know, uh, talking to the body guy, where I, I want to hear your, <laughs> your opinion. Um, but something I've, I know from, ex, you know, a lot of experience coaching yeah. high school kids, the kids who wear the long sleeve shirt uh-huh. are typically like a little self-conscious or insecure yeah. about their frame. So yeah. I would imagine he is like pretty skinny. Corey, I love that you brought that up because that was the first thing I was going to say. Um, he is skinny. He's super skinny. It, it, it goes both ways, right? If you're wearing the shirt under, it's either you're too skinny or too fat is kind of how you feel about yourself, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the guys that are ripped out of their minds, look at Dalton Connect. Dalton Connect's not wearing an undershirt, buddy. Never <laughs> happening. He wants you to see the guns. Uh, sun's not out, but the guns are out for Dalton Connect <laughs> always. Um, but with, uh, with Carrington, I'm with you, man. I, I think... And Corey, I like what you said about his passing. Like, I think he's a good passer, but I also think his decision making is not there right now. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes he puts himself in to some really uh, iffy situations that I'm just kind of like, hey, that's youth right there. Like, yeah. sometimes, like, why are you doing this jump pass here that was not necessary and leading to a turnover, right? That's the type of stuff that he's got to work through. But I don't like his frame. Like, I actually think he's really, really thin. Um, and I, I don't think he has great shoulders. And I, I do have some concerns about that type of, uh, 
prototype of a player or archetype of a player. Like I, I, I'm not, I didn't move him very much up my boards. I, my board, I think Um, I still have a lot of question marks and I'm not super high on him, but I I do want to acknowledge some of the good things, right? Like, as you mentioned, the mid range shooting has been good. He can be a good passer. I would just like him to work on that and uh, kind of tighten things up is how I feel, but I'll always have questions about that frame with him. I'm not a huge fan of, um, his frame right now is what I'd say. Yeah. And you know, he's young. That'll get better. Yeah. If the draft were today, I would, I definitely think he'd be a first round prospect mm. and he'd probably be a top 20 prospect for me personally. Um, but would I be ready to throw a top 10 pick at him right now? Not yet. I need to see more. And ultimately like I do, I just, I need to see him get to the rim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I need to see him get to the rim more. And I need to see him finish there. Like, you know, we just came off from talking about Rob Dillingham. I don't love Rob's frame. Like he's definitely, you know, we talked about him True. putting on weight, but like, I think he's got those narrow shoulders um, and he's tiny, but like he's willing to attack the rack and he'll, he's willing to like finish around contact. He's smooth doing it too. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it, it's stuff that I haven't yet seen from Carrington. I get it. Like, you know, the six, five, you know, lead guard type of guy is a really, really intriguing archetype, right? Especially one who can pass, who can, you know, hit tough pull-ups. And, um, but I just, you know, I got to see more. Yes. I just got to see, I got to see more. I, I'm in wait and see, but like, I, I think he's good. He could, like, he could play. He can play for sure. I think overall, Corey, I know we're wrapping up here, but I think the next iteration of this is going to look really different because now we've we've got some solid tape from these college guys. Our no ceilings board is going to look very different the next time we drop one. So I think the next iteration of this is going to be even more interesting because I'm expecting a lot of change. Yeah, it, and there is going to be a lot of change. Like honestly, like this, the results probably would change a lot if we did this again in a week. You know, because like, you know, it's not like I know the schedule of when each outlet is going to, you know, update their boards and and, and whatnot. So um, and even at no ceilings, we have a new board coming out, I think, next week, I believe. Uh, if not next week, it's the week after. So like our rankings are, are going to change and would sway a lot of these results. But this is the current draft stock based on the information that is available. So, you know, that's our top 50. You can go see it at no ceilings uh, make sure that you subscribe so you get it sent to your email uh, every single morning um, at 9 a.m. Eastern time, completely free. We do have a No Ceilings Plus option with bonus content. You'll get um, content, for instance, I when I went to see UConn in Texas, I did a little scouting notebook and gave scouting reports on the guys that I saw from that day, and that was available to paid subscribers. Um, you know, Rucker wrote a, a piece about NBA development. And um, so, you know, you're getting a lot of, things that we wouldn't normally necessarily publish, but this year we're publishing them and and that's available to you. If, if you want, if not, you get the same exact coverage that you've always gotten. Um, Also be on the lookout for the new no ceilings uh, show review that that first episode will be out very shortly. We're excited about that. We're going to talk some NBA. We're going to talk some draft on that show. It's going to have a rotating panel of guests hosted by our own Tyler Rucker. Um, make sure that you, if you're watching this, thank you for coming through and participating in the chat. Uh, we love when that happens. So make sure you like subscribe. I think the, the button somewhere around here, um, share it with your friends that would rock. And, uh, again, with the podcast feed, subscribe, like review rate, all that good stuff. And, uh, we will see you next week till the time we're out. Peace. Peace.